Audio Wrangling is a sister site to Audio Angling, allowing people with angling and related topics to express them freely, as an insight into what some of the issues were in the early part of the 21st century. My name is Phil Williams and this is a 2014 recording with Fly Fishing and Fly Tying magazine editor Mark Bowler on the subject of dwindling sea trout numbers along Scotland's west facing coast. Yeah, I, I do have a beef about one particular topic, and I think that probably stems back to my past of when I used to fish on the west coast of Scotland when I was very young and also when I was a bit older, because I think I saw then how good the fishing was on the coast, and I also saw, again relating to opportunity, that it isn't just a sea trout off the coast there isn't just a sport for the top echelon of income earners it's it was for everybody when i first went when i was probably about eight there was sea trout everywhere and everybody was fishing for them uh, there was f fishing in the sea lochs there was fishing in the estuary there were fishing in the sea pools and of course there was fishing in the rivers and the lochs which probably a, a little bit more difficult to access but there were sea trout everywhere and that created such a fabulous fishery and unfortunately my beef is that it's just not there anymore it's been decimated it's been devastated it, it, it just isn't there and the reason for this is down to fish farming off that same west coast the basic problem boils down to a parasite called the sea lice and the sea lice live on sea trout. You will find, if you catch a fresh sea trout, you might find, or you used to find, two or three, four sea lice on a fish. In those days, years and years ago, that used to be a good sign. That was a sign that the fish had run straight in from the sea. These sea lice fall off in fresh water. Nowadays, what has happened is this parasite, which was just a parasite, it was an irritation for the fish, has become a disease. And it's become a disease because the fish farms out there are farming salmon, which also carry sea lice. And because there are so many fish and such a biomass of salmon out on the west coast, that each of the fish are carrying heavy loads of sea lice, and they're acting like a multiplier for the parasite. And the parasite isn't a parasite anymore, it has become a debilitating disease of the fish itself. And so now what we've got is, well, well we haven't got a population of sea trout. Now I can think of many rivers on the west coast of Scotland that used to support good runs of sea trout. And the irony is that if they were still running today, they would be world-class fisheries. You're talking fish of anything from a pound up to eight and ten, twelve pounds running back into those logs. And there's no doubt about it that if they were still there, they would be an economic factor on the West Coast and they would generate jobs. But what's happened is that they've disappeared and the jobs that were associated with them through the fisheries, through the fishing, have disappeared. And the argument now is, and the, the real problem is, that the fish farms provide jobs. And the argument is that this is where rural employment rests. Unfortunately, the Scottish Government is well behind this theory. 
They are well behind the fish farmers, there's no doubt about that. They support Scottish fish farming. But to my mind, it doesn't make sense because surely what we want is we want, yes, we want, some, we want fish farming to help rural areas, but why can't the two run in conjunction with each other? And this is the problem, is that if you had a farm that was basically killing everything else around it, would you really support that if that farm was on the, on the land, if it was so polluting that it was, it doesn't happen on land because there would be an outrage and what we've got is a, is a situation where we've got this nascent industry which is polluting the west coast of Scotland and it isn't brought to account neither by the government nor unfortunately the Environment Agency, SEPA who don't seem to have any power and probably because they are a government organisation they don't really want them to have any power over the, over the fish farms and so we've got a real problem here because the longer it goes on the more these sea lice are becoming resistant to any of the chemicals that the fish farmers use on them and I think you can, you can see the same analogy with, say, blackgrass in agriculture today. There are certain sprays now you cannot eradicate blackgrass with because it's totally resistant to it. There's no doubt that sea lice have developed this resistance to fish farmers' methods of getting rid of them. Now, if you've got a, a cage full of salmon with sea lice, you can treat them with ever-increasing strength of chemical but they are becoming resistant and you, they, they have a problem themselves now, the fish farmers do, because they can't get rid of this lice problem. But what if you're a wild fish? If you swim in those waters, the load of sea lice larvae in those waters immediately means that when salmon or sea trout smolts come down from their freshwater rivers and come into the sea, they immediately get inundated with sea lice. And because the load effect on them is so great, they die. And they cannot be treated, even by these super powerful chemicals, because they're wild. They can't be caught and they can't be treated. So the summer farmer is just surviving and he is struggling to control his sea lice, whereas the wild fish are just disappearing. And I'm absolutely sure this is where all the sea trout on the west, the west coast of Scotland have gone. And what's happening now is that salmon numbers are being affected by sea lice. I think that's why it's become more highlighted in the last few years. It's because that um, recent studies have shown that 34% um, less of Atlantic salmon smolts now return because they are killed by sea lice. If you think about the poor sea trout which lives in these areas with these cages, which comes down from the rivers and then lives in these areas, it doesn't stand a chance. So all of these factors combined, basically meaning that our potential for fisheries, for certainly for sea trout on the west coast of uh, Scotland, have just about disappeared. And when I go to Ireland, the southwest of Ireland, to Ocaran, for instance, where there are no fish farms, I can see that Lockeran has a whole community that is driven from the loch. And it's the wild fishing on the loch that provides for that community. There are guest houses, there are B&Bs, there's a fishing tackle shop, there's 
a lot of guides there's a lot of boats there's a lot of boatmen if you go round Lockeran and you talk to anybody everybody knows how that loft's fishing and when you meet people you realise there are people there who are fishing it from all over Europe they're there because of the fish and I look at Scotland's west coast and I think there are a number of different lochs and systems up and down the west coast of Scotland which could be doing the same as that but they haven't got a chance of doing it at the moment because the Scottish Government will not bring to bear any changes in what the salmon farmers are doing and their problem that they've got with sea ice. They don't even admit that there's a problem. And so this is where we are at at the moment and I think what it needs is it needs somebody in government to recognise that these two industries could work together but it means that the salmon farmers are going to have to change what they do and if they change what they can do and they, one, of the idea, one of the ideas is they go into closed containment which actually means they bring the salmon farm on land and they use seawater, they can use as much seawater as they like but the seawater that comes in goes back into the water the same seawater that went into the farm up and thus there wouldn't be a sea lice problem coming back out and then they could farm as many million salmon as they wanted but it wouldn't affect the wild fish that live in that area but the problem is that the Scottish government is so committed to producing these Scottish salmon that it wants to increase this industry by 50% by 2020 and if it does do that then I really think that not only are west coast fish going to suffer but I think that there must be other populations of fish which swim through those same waters that are probably suffering as well and this is only going to exacerbate that problem even further so it needs to be addressed and it needs somebody brave in government to look at it and say let's get this industry back on tap let's get this industry working like a normal industry would on land and you might say well is it too late and the answer is no it isn't too late because the sea trout and salmon are incredibly robust species and we've seen that when farms move from areas the sea trout come back we've seen it in Orkney we've seen it in Ireland we do see it where if, if fish farms close down then suddenly the sea trout start to come back so if we can get the farms to come into line in some way where they can't kind of cross-contaminate with sea lice our, our wild fish now I believe that both industries can work together and what could be better for rural employment than both of those industries working one on the coastline and one wild fishery off the coast and there's no doubt about the fact that the fish farmers are worried about sea lice and we've had various incidences of people coming out and saying that um, it is a problem we had John Fredrickson John Fredrickson is a big shareholder in Marine Harvest which is one of the biggest companies there is in fish farming and he, even he is saying he doesn't want to see fish farms in estuaries because he knows he's a fisherman himself he knows what effect those uh, they're having 
and this is from Norway where all of these farms emanate and the Norwegian fish farms are actually held on a tighter leash than Scottish fish farms and we're having in Norway now incidences of where fish farms are being culled out because of the dangers they're carrying to their wild salmon, uh, local wild salmonic populations. So it has to be an admissible problem and yet unfortunately the Scottish government refuses to acknowledge it which is such a shame and it's a travesty that it's going on and I'd really like to see some movement on that. But if the cost of fish losses plus the cost of failed treatments is so great then surely in the longer term it must work out more cost effective to move from open water onto land. Well you'd hope so Phil but um, obviously I think the fish farmers are wary of having to they won't admit that they've got a problem and there's a lot of what goes on in fish farming that we, we never find out about because it's quite a clandestine in our operation how it works and yes you'd think that at some stage there will be a tipping point and there are companies now and that this probably expresses what you've just said there are now companies looking into closed containment systems and they're already one or two of those experimental stations are showing that you can farm fish in a quicker, more efficient way, which is what fish farming is all about, because the problem with treating fish is, which, and you have to treat these fish for the lysis, you have to starve them in order to treat them, because otherwise a fish with its belly full of food is much more liable to actually die whilst it's being treated. So you have to, you have to starve the fish in order to treat it. Well, as you know, any farming practice which involves starvation is obviously not very efficient and it's not very, um, you don't really want that situation to happen as a farmer even. So, yeah, I think, um, I'm hoping that that situation may arise, but it doesn't help that the government won't recognise that there's a problem per se. I don't understand why there's such a dismissal of the problem, and if there was, then the urgency and the legislation over bringing in these farms would happen a lot quicker. So yeah, we may be actually moving that way because it is a problem on the farms, there's no doubt about it. Hopefully then, Norwegian experience and expertise will lead the way. Well, the other interesting thing is our fisheries bodies don't like to confront fish farmers they want to talk with fish farmers they want to mediate the problem and I don't I think we're way past that now the fish farmers have been talking to us in inverted commas for years and it hasn't worked they've just keep expanding they just keep producing more and more resistant sea lice in bigger and bigger quantities and our fish stocks, our wild fish stocks, continue to decline. That isn't working. And the problem again is that we've got a government that doesn't want to see this as a problem. And um, I think we need to be more vociferous about the problem that's happening out there. And when I talk to some of the people that are involved, they actually think that probably what could happen ultimately is what happened in Chile and Chile was the major power in fish farming it had masses of caged farms off its coastline 
and then unfortunately it got a disease called ISA which virtually crippled that industry overnight because once you've got this notifiable disease it's let's say it's the foot and mouth of fish diseases everything has to be culled and because it's present in the water it's very difficult to get re-established well that happened in Chile and Chile went way down the ladder of fish producers having been right at the top because of this one disease the thought is that perhaps this is going to happen in Scotland well unfortunately if that does happen in Scotland we've got a major major problem with our wild fish stocks as well because there were no wild stocks off the Chilean coast it doesn't have salmon or sea trout off its coast it doesn't have those migratory fish species in the wild so we can't allow that to happen we can't afford that to happen we have to do something now we can't wait for it to happen it's strange really because on the marine side the Scottish Government and the Scottish Sea Angling Conservation Network have really set the bar high in terms of conservation through legislation some of which has even gone Europe wide I think the Minister's name is Alistair Lockhead maybe that's where this fight should now be taken well I mean this is typical it's, it's selective management that's what it is and, and we've got a wild fisheries review which is basically aimed at our salmon and sea trout stocks and we've been campaigning for it to include the effect of fish farms on the wild stocks it is not going to be included well I ask you how can that be a wild fisheries review but surely salmon and sea trout must be up there with the most important wild fisheries in Scotland possibly drawing in even more visitors than all the rest combined well of course but but they are going to consider various management things about the salmon and sea trout i asked this at one of the meetings that they had but it appears to me that it should be called the wild fisheries management review because how can it be a wild fisheries review when it doesn't consider the effect of salmon farms on wild fisheries it has to but it won't because it does not want to unearth this problem it's similar to the the smoking and cancer problem you know nobody wants to actually investigate it and nobody wants to bring it into legislation or anything because it's going to cause too many problems for too many big businesses and it needs addressing because if it's addressed now then both industries can work both industries should work but it appears to me that the Scottish government will just not touch the problem.